Uh, welcome to Lost in Translations. I'm here with a special episode where we're talking about the Best Translated Book Award blog list for 2020, and I'm here with Derek Maid. Say hello, Derek. <laughs> Hi, Michael. Thank you so much for having me on. We've been wanting to do this for a while. I really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It's been a while, but we'll, we'll have a proper episode where we'll talk about your introduction into translations. But today I thought we needed to talk about the BTBA because that's the award you follow. Yeah, it is. That's the award I like the most. Why did you get into this award? Well, there's a very limited number of awards focused on translated literature, obviously. And being an American, the Booker Prize oftentimes doesn't mesh up with what's being published here. So so sometimes you'll get a long list for Booker and like we don't even have that book yet, or uh, you know, it spurs an American publication of it or something like that. I also like with the Booker again. I like it, but like Margaret Atwood won half of it last year. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so I talk about that. Yeah. So it it does feel like a lot of literary prizes, you know, a little um, more commercial and sort of publicist driven. Yeah. Now that said, like this year's judges for the Booker are, are like unimpeachable, it, it, you know, like Valerie Lus- Lus- Lucielli or you know, how I'm butchering. Valerie Lucielli, she's amazing. Yeah, yeah, she's amazing. She's so, so, I'm, so, I, so I don't want to denigrate this year's Booker, but in general, I have always thought of the Booker as more commercial. You know, maybe I'll see an interesting title or two. Well, BTBA obviously it's an American award, so I can get everything much easier, you know, but it's a huge list. You know, there's like 25 on the long list. It's really, I think, actively focused on small presses, which is what I like and just weird stuff. And then the, the judges and the panelists are almost always like booksellers. And that's where I always felt I got the best recommendations. Like, there's so many bookstores that I'm never going to get a chance to go to in my life, you know, that I want to. And I, and I see then that like some of them are on a panel and to me, it's like walking into their bookstore and them hand selling me a book, you know? So for, for that reason, I just always really liked the prize. Yeah. The judges are definitely a draw. I think there's some awesome people. A lot of them I follow on Twitter and Instagram. And they're always reading amazing books. The thing I liked about the book, uh, let's play devil, devil's advocate here, well, the international book, is that there's a lot of people talking about it and it's always good to be part of that conversation. And yeah, it does a lot to move translated yeah. literature forward. Yeah, yeah. Well, that that's what I, what I want is a chance to be able to talk to people about translate the literature and with the international booker there is people there that are reading the long list and unfortunately with the btba it's impossible to read the long list there's never enough time and i wish it would change it a little bit but i like the idea of having a long list and giving people time to read it and have that conversation with each other i do too i i do wish that either there was a longer lead in time, you know, between the long list and the short list. 
Or another idea that I always thought would be kind of cool is if long lists were, if you had it that big, if you phased in the introduction to it. So in December, here's five of the long list. And then in March, here's the next five, you know, however you, you kind of do it. But it's tough when you have 25, like the advantage obviously to me is that in any long list, there's going to be books that I'm not interested in just because I'm not interested in that author or that title, you know, whatever it is. So with 25, you know, you're going to find something, you know, that you didn't expect to find just by the sheer number, but it would be nice if you could actually read the whole thing. That, that is true. I, I'm not a completist. Like I have never, there are Booker prize winners. I've never read, you know, like I bought that, I bought that horse walks into a bar from a used store not too long ago. And then and then I heard from a couple people whom I trust that was like, eh, that doesn't have to be at the top of your list. <laughs> that was me. <laughs> I didn't think much of it, but I know Agnes from Beyond the Epilogue really enjoyed it. So well, I guess it depends what you're into. If you like bad stand-up, then. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I like stand-up, but not bad stand But so I'm not someone who will go and read. I think it's really cool that people read the book or long list. And I like you know, if I follow four or five booktubers that are doing it and I'm seeing, okay, this title that I didn't expect, like right now that's happening with The Eighth Life, something I would not have wanted to read, but it seems like everyone that's reading it is giving it incredible reviews. So it's sort of creeping yeah. up my consciousness of, am I ready to handle this behemoth of a book? Yeah. So I do oh, like it when people... <laughs> 900? Yeah. Oh my. <laughs> that's why it's at the bottom of my list. Yeah. I mean, because you're, then you're sacrificing so much other reading, you know, like that's the <laughs> problem. But that's you like did, four books. But you did Duck's Newberry Report last year, right? Oh, I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> I went 50 pages or so. Cause my wife was reading it and the repetition of that voice, which is something that everybody loved. It, it actually drove me crazy. Uh, maybe if I had stuck with it, it would have been fun. But the yeah. fact that, like, it really was kind of grading me <laughs> because I started thinking like that after only 50 pages. And I was like, I can't imagine going another 950 pages like this. Fair enough. But anyway, so for the, yeah, for the, for the Booker, I like that you can read it all. I do wish the BTBA had some way to make that happen. But at that point you might sacrifice one of the things which I think is cool about it, which is how, how large the list is, you know, because then yeah. there kind of is something for everyone. Another idea I'd had at one point, which I don't know how ethically sound it would be in terms of literary awards, but if you had the jurors, once the long list came out, kind of put their stamp on saying, I, you know, I, I argued hard for this one. Or I argued hard. Do you see what I'm saying? So then maybe like you could follow the booksellers themselves and understand like, oh, P.T. Smith or Stephen Sparks, like we're, you know, uh, you know, really liked this one. You know what I mean? And if I know that I like his or her taste, then like I'm going to pay more attention to that. But I don't know if that messes up kind of the judging aspect of it. I think it might. I don't know if you've heard of the uh, tournament of the books. So I like the community aspect of Tournament of the Books where it's like a March Madness type thing where they pin one book against another and you have one of the judges doing like a sports commentary about the two and picking a winner. Yep. 
And then people in the comments are arguing the books as well. And, like, the community have, like, a say of resurrecting a book as a zombie participant in the tournament. I think that's a really cool idea to have, like, build a prize around the community. I don't think it would work with the BTBA, but I think I wish prizes would look at more ways to incorporate the community into their prize and, like, get people involved and get people talking about the books. I I agree. I think that's a great point. And when I hear something about, like, the tournament of books, I I think that sounds awesome. And my fear is we've all been in book clubs where – you make a decision on your next read based on consensus. Yeah. And sometimes that's disappointing, you know, because it feels like you always end up with safer choices because the kind of thing that makes everyone happy might not be the best thing to read. You know what I mean? Like I I always Mm -hmm. feel if you have five readers in a club, if, if all five people like what you're reading, it's probably not a great book. You, you know, like, yeah. I, and, and, I mean, and that's not to mean sometimes I'm going to be the one of the five that hates it and it's still a great book. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't mean that one person's taste is better. It just means that typically I think when it comes to contemporary fiction, great books are not going to be 100% loved because they're not going to work for some people. They're not going to hit them at the right time. So the only thing I'd worry about with a tournament of books format is ending up with a safer choice. Yeah. I just like the idea of having books pinned against each other and having that conversation about which book is better. And I think it works well for them. I yeah. don't I don't follow the prize because a lot of the books in it are not books that I'm interested in, but I like that they build a prize around the community and I think there should be some way to do that. And with the BTBA, 25 books, I think it's a month or two months you got till the finalists are re- Yeah. And that's not much time. <laughs> no, it's imp- I mean, it, it's, it's not possible. And unfortunately for me, it's difficult to follow this prize because a lot of the books I can't get a hold of. Yeah. But there are a lot of books on this list, like, uh, out of the 25, I've read 12, and a lot of those are because they were released a lot earlier in my publishing world rather than the UK, the US publishing world. Yeah, do you, have you ever looked into or understood why that? I mean, because it seems like that is more the norm. Like, you'll get something first. Like, what the Booker this year was it the Green Gauge Tree? I, I don't know how to say the title. But the Enlightenment know. of the Green Gauge Tree, yeah. The Enlightenment of the Green Gauge Tree. So I had never heard of it until the list came out. But then you said, oh, yeah, it had been out like two years ago or something in Australia. Well, it was originally pr- published in Australia. So, <laughs> Oh, I thought it was published in Europe. Okay, well, that makes sense. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But, Even, um, yeah, yeah with, with publishing worlds, yeah. Australia normally follows the UK publishing. Okay. World, so you know it's all about marking territory, which doesn't quite work in today's world. But you know, you've got the US publishing, and you've got the UK. Australia's got their own publishing yeah. industry, which is which, yeah, it was working well. But now it just means like Vernon Subutex, which is on this list. I feel like that was like three or four years ago that I read that. And for me, when I finished it in the summer last year, I immediately had to, you know, buy it from the British publisher to get the second one because it's not, the second one's not out here, you know? Um, 
And as soon yeah. as the third one's ready, I'll do the same where I'll, I'll get it from the British publisher. And as you know, I mean, that's just, it's costlier for books like that. I, I wish that we had just one worldwide publishing date, you know, like this is. Yeah. I mean, that would be the ideal, but then I don't know how that would work because there's a lot of things like Grey Wolf and um, Charcoal Press seem to have similar books come out. and Yeah. That's true. Um, the first one on this list, I think, is one that they split. Yeah. And then Fitzcarraldo and New Directions are two. Yeah, exactly. They always kind of have like one rights and the other. Yeah, I don't know how, how it work. It's just it, hurricane season is, is, is a good example, one that we've talked about. You know, it's like the buzz happened starting at the end of last year because Fitzcarraldo. And then now a new round of buzz is happening because of New Directions. Yeah. Maybe that helps the book. So, well, in a, yeah, in Australia, it's also published by Text Publishing, which is an Australian publisher. I didn't know. <laughs> so, when did it come out in Australia then? About the same time as it did for Fiskarago. Okay. But I ordered it. I ordered the Fiskarago one because I wasn't sure if Australia was going to have it. Yeah. So, I probably paid a little bit more for my edition. <laughs> Yeah, I did too. I ordered the first Corrado one because the cover was so interesting. I just had to have it. The blue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, stunning. They, they look great together, the Fitzcarraldo editions. Yes, they do. They do. <laughs> they had a white one last year that should have been blue, right? Yeah, the white ones are nonfiction and the blue ones yeah. are fiction. I just remember a controversy last year about one of their white ones that was. Yeah, the years. Maybe, maybe um, technically it's an autobiography, but they say it's a novel as well. You know, the lines blur when it becomes uh, memoirs and biographies. Yeah. So you want to go through the list and maybe talk about these books? Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. You want to go first? You uh, want me to? Yeah, I'll go first. Cool. I should work out which are the harder names and which two. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Uh, so the first one was The Wind That Lays Waste by Silva Almada, translated from the Spanish by Chris Andrews. That one's from Grey Wolf and Charcoal Press. Have you read this one? I have, yep. I read this yeah. one, did a review on this one. Have you read it? Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I read it recently. I haven't. I don't know if I've seen your review on it, actually. I I enjoyed it a lot. <laughs> Yeah. I, um, it's just like a perfect allegory book, you know, like, yeah. and it's really well contained, if that makes sense. You know, like if you have the time to do it, I think it would be a great one or two sit read, you know, to just yeah, kind of go through it and read this, this wonderful allegory. I'm, I'm a little surprised it's on the list though. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad it's on the list. I, I, I'm a sucker for like, Let's talk theology and let's Absolutely. talk about religion and let's talk about all the problems we see with it. And I hope that means people will read it. Me, me too. I, and I, yeah, and that's exactly why I was surprised too, because this is not a multi thematic book. I mean, there's one theme and it is, you know, religion and how, you know, I guess religion versus what would you call it? Like humanistic? Yeah, you know? nature, nature. Yeah, versus, versus nature. Yeah. And, and yeah. the argument between the two. So in some ways, it doesn't feel, it, it feels like a throwback novel. You know, there's nothing experimental here. There's nothing avant-garde or weird. Like you've got 
four characters. They're in a confined space and they're just discussing matters of philosophy and theology. So that's just not the kind of thing that feels like gets like literary awards right now. So it's really cool that's on there and I hope people do read it. Yeah, you just know that Chad Post is going to hate this book. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah absolutely. It's not ever gone enough for him. And <laughs> you can really feel his influence a lot of the times with this list. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, sec- anything else you want to say about that one? No, no. Let's move on to the second okay. one. So, uh, the second one is The Book of Collateral Damage by Sinan Antun. Translated from the Arabic by Jonathan Wright, and this is Iraq from Yale University Press. I had not heard of this. No, it's it's a book I've seen, but you know, with the um, university press, it can be very expensive to import. Very. So it's not a book that I actually looked at getting a hold of. But it seems interesting. Uh, be curious to see what people think. I'd like to see some reviews. Yeah, I saw. When I did my response video to the long list on Twitter, um, a, a professor wrote that they taught this book last semester and and really liked it because in I was a little flippant about this one in my review because it's a war book. And I just kind of said, oh, I'm not really that interested in, in war books, which is like, generally speaking, I'm not. But he made an interesting point that it's it's more of a personal account while a war is is happening and that the book selling because there's an aspect of a bookseller in here was pretty cool. So it was, it was nice to see that, you know, someone was teaching it already and someone liked it. I, I got to say that it's not, it's not high on my list. Yeah. I mean, if I can find a copy that's reasonably priced, I might give it a go. Yeah. But it's not one that I'm going to go out of my way and try and order. The next book is Welcome to America by Linda Bostrom Nasgaard, translated from the Swedish by Martin Acker. And this is from World Editions. I've actually read this one. Oh, you have? Yeah, World Editions were nice enough to send me a copy of it. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. What did, what did you think? It wasn't bad. I wouldn't rave about it. I wouldn't recommend it. You know, secretly I was hoping for some dirt on Carl Ivan Nasgard. That's everyone probably is, right? That's the appeal. Yeah. It's like he talks shit about her. Let's get her responding. Or does he talk shit about her? I I, I have to confess I've never read any of his work. Oh, you know, everyone complains that he's talking crap about everyone. and That's just the nature of the type of work he does. Yeah, 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 pretty much. Uh, that's the controversy behind it it was always about him talking about his life as like he was the victim kind of okay yeah (laughs) you know as you do in a memoir right (laughs) okay but but now this was a like a plot driven yeah it was a little too plot driven we won't go to the synopsis but yeah she's just stopped talking and talking looking at the grief and domestic stuff happening around her. All right, I'll move to the next one is Animalia by Jean-Baptiste Delemo, translated from the French by Frank Wynne, and this is from Grove. So this just won a big award. I don't know if it's a big award, but the Republic of Consciousness, which awards, um, yeah, the edition for Fitzcarraldo won, but they give the award to a small press of under five employees. Okay, yeah, probably not a big award. 
often. Only in my <laughs> tiny little bitch world. I yeah. always thought maybe maybe the way Randy would put it is a really cool award. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I, I like looking at that award because you know small press are always got some good stuff coming out. I Have haven't read this book. No, I haven't either. And it, it sounds interesting. I definitely want to check it out. It sounds weird, but in a yeah, good way. That's, it's not high on my list, but it's definitely something I definitely want to get to at one point or another. And obviously, you recognize the translator there. I mean, that's uh, Frank Wood. He's awesome. <laughs> yeah, he's awesome. And I mean, he's a big time translator. So, yeah, I could see getting into this one. I love his Twitter handle. Do you follow him on Twitter? I do follow him, although I can't remember his Twitter handle now that you've said it's, it. It's that terrible man. Oh, oh nice. Yeah. <laughs> well, he did um, Virginia Spentes when there was uh, a walkout in protest of Roman Polanski winning. Um, yeah. Their version of the Oscar, which I, I feel so uneducated that I can't think of the name of it. But anyway, uh, she wrote an incredible essay piece about it that he translated kind of like immediately and on the spot. Yeah. Did you see any of that? It was. Yeah. 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 Um, who was the actress? It was Adele. The, the actress from um, the portrait of a lady on fire walked out on it. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Which is an amazing movie. Everyone should see. We'll plug that right now. <laughs> All right. I haven't seen it, so I will definitely I'll get on it. <laughs> Yeah, she she walked out because who was to support Roman Blansky? Absolutely no one. Yeah. Well, obviously they do. Well, it was for it a movie happened. I've never even heard of. Yeah, same here. Well, it happened here in America a few years back too with The Piano, you know, or whatever it was, I think, where I think that was the movie, where again there was a new round of, of celebrating. I don't know. It's just it's odd how long it takes you know, for sometimes like elite culture to catch up with what most people just instinctively feel, you know, like Woody Allen is a good one here too, where, I mean, we, if you've watched one or two Woody Allen movies, like you get the, you get the gist, right? Like you understand what it is that he does. Like why, there's no, you know, I'm not saying that, you have to cancel him, but at the same time, you don't need to continuously celebrate. We we get it. I'm surprised how much support he still gets. He gets a ton. I just, especially because I mean, right now his stepson Ronan Farrow is one of the you know biggest voices in this country when it comes to the Me Too movement, and there doesn't seem. There's like a cognitive dissonance with people, you know, in art. And I, I mean, I, there's definitely artists that I like and have enjoyed their work who are, are probably horrible people. I don't have an issue with that. My specific thing about Woody Allen, though, is that it's not that he is inventing something new if he comes out with a new movie. It's going to be a watered down version of Manhattan or Annie Hall, just like every one of his movies has been. You know what I mean? So I, I just, I don't feel that you're missing anything by not celebrating it. Well, with Roman Polanski, like you could just watch Chinatown or Rosemary's Baby. That would be fine too, you know. <laughs> like, yeah, damn him for doing Chinatown. I mean, that yeah. movie was so good, and now so good. It's, I don't think I can watch it anymore. Well, see, I can still watch it. That's what I mean. I don't have that, but I don't need to. In 2020, I don't need him awarded for anything. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. just but anyway. All right, you're up. Am I? Oh, yeah. Oh, actually, yeah. And it's it's appropriate. 
<laughs> by Valerie Defense, translated from the French by Frank Wynn, another Frank Wynn book. And we talked about this already earlier about this book coming out yep. a few years ago in the UK. It's like, I think in a couple of months, the third book's coming out. So it feels like it's a very old book for me. Yeah, and I'll say this is the first one that I think is a, it, I think it's a shortlist shoe in on this award. Yeah, I really enjoyed this book mainly because of the music. Yeah, yeah, we've talked before. We have, I think, similar uh, similar music experiences and what we liked. I was an emo hardcore guy, yeah, but uh, yeah. you know, and late punk rock kind of stuff. And I, I love the music of this uh, of this too. But I also yeah. there's at least here in America, this book is on the front shelves when you walk in at any independent bookstore right now. I mean, it is crossing over not just as a niche translated lit or even literary translation. Like it is a hip, cool object in and of itself. Yeah. You know, which is awesome and it's well-deserved. I I think that's why I just think this will be a short list. Yeah, I think it will be too. I'm really keen to see the third one. I'm just curious to see how it turns out. Me too. It's going to actually have a huge effect on my overall feelings of it because if you recall i didn't have the most positive review of yeah. two, which we were different on i love one unconditionally love it and two uh just went some directions and i was i wasn't ready yeah. i'm excited when three comes out to reread it and, and i wonder if i'll have a different feeling I, I think the problem with two was it was probably too focused on thriller type plot which he does not in some of our other books and not focused enough on the music yeah, or the or, or the cultish aspect of it. Yeah, because one of the things See, I really, yeah. one of the things I really like is when there's countercultures like that where something organically kind of comes up like a cult aspect. And with music, you know that happens if you're in any kind of scene or whatever. Like there's certain figures in it who become like messianic characters, and certainly Vernon is one. Um, yeah, yeah, I would have liked more of that and a little less of the of the thriller aspect. Yeah. Have, have you read any of our other books? I haven't. Nothing else. No. no. Is there yeah. one you particularly recommend? No. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I don't think you would enjoy them. I think they're too thriller, like try transgressive, try to be shocking for the sake of being shocking. Okay. Well, this one had like the counterculture and the music to kind of help lead you into the book. There are some shocking moments and she does like to play with that kind of Let's talk about sex and disturbing yeah. behavior, but I don't think I don't I don't I don't like her books. I I'll read this series, but I I'm not really going to check out the rest of her stuff. You're not an author. You'll follow after. Yeah, that. No, no I've tried I, enough. <laughs> yeah, I think I mean I mentioned in my review my my biggest issue with two was the um the way that I started to notice each chapter would introduce a character. And there'd be three really great paragraphs, long paragraphs about that character, how they were. But it was like that old show don't tell cliche, like, yeah, or, or you know, however that goes, because it was all her just telling us as a writer, as opposed to letting the character engage in some sort of action or dialogue that would give, that would let us figure it out. If that makes sense, you know, and, and once I saw sort of the formula kind of repeating itself, that's when I got a little down on it, but yeah, one is not like that. And I'm excited for three. (laughs) 
All right, so I'm up. Next is A Girl Returned by Donatello di Petratonio, translated from the Italian by Anne Goldstein, and this is Europa Editions. I didn't know this one. Yeah, well, Anne Goldstein's pretty well known, maybe because she did My Brilliant Friend in that series. Yep. So I think a lot of people that I've seen get excited about this book is mainly because of Anne Goldstein, the translator. I'm That's, not too sure what to expect. I'm not either. And I, I, while I'm personally excited, I think it's really cool that people would follow a translator, you know, like yeah. that. That's awesome. I mean, I know that we do that, but when it comes in the broader world, like that's yeah. whether or not I'm interested in the book, I just think that's awesome. You know, for me, yeah. like if Sophie Hughes or Natasha Weimer, like translate something, I'm going to read it. And it, it's cool to follow the translator. Yeah, i will be curious to see. Uh, I'm wondering how similar it is to Eleanor Ferrante, this book is. Well, you would assume that Europa Editions is going to buy up anything <laughs> anything that is anywhere similar to it to try to yeah, make as much true. money off of that as they can. <laughs> Have yeah. you read My Brilliant Friend? Never. Nope. No. It's a pretty decent book. It, I mean, the hype's there, obviously, and that kind of puts... Meal. But I think she does some good, interesting stuff. Yeah. Maybe try one of her shorter books, like The Age of Enchantment, I think the book is called. I'd recommend that one. Okay. All right. What are we yeah. up to? EEG by Daza Dick, translated from the Croatia by Celia Hawksworth from New Direction. I haven't read this book, but I've read one of her other books called Belladonna. And it was amazing. So I'm like keen to check out more of her writing. Yeah. So I have Belladonna here on my TBR pile. And then this is one I need to, I need to get as well. I'm, I'm very, I'm excited about her having, and, and having not even read her, but. Yeah. Like this one. And I think the other one that I'm keen to get a hold of is called Doppelganger. Okay. Yeah. So I'm keen to check out more of her stuff. All right, let's see. We got Space Invaders by Nona Fernandez, translated from the Spanish by the aforementioned Natasha Weimer, Grey Wolf Press. Um, so I read this one, and I think in my top 10 of last year, this was either number two or number three of the best. Yeah, book. I read this one because it was, I think it was in your top 10. What'd you think? Yeah, I really enjoy it. I'm a nerd. <laughs> I didn't play as much Space Invaders as they seem to have played, but yeah. yeah, it's definitely like good to have that kind of nostalgia kind of going yeah. through the novel. I like too how they play with nostalgia. It, it, it's not, it's not always a pleasant nostalgia. Yeah, but, but there is some pleasant nostalgia, you know, because you think of okay, these kids growing up in a time of a dictatorship, and how that must all feel horrible, but they're also allowed to be kids during it too, you know, which is like the playful with the horrors at the same time. It was, it was really, really well done. And I'm, I'm going to read whatever she comes up with next. I'm really interested. Yeah. And this, this is the second one that I would say, and maybe does this happen with you where like, if you've read it, you're, you, uh, start to th think your guess will be right that it'll be on the short list but i think this will be on the short list yeah not just because it, i've read it 
I think it would surprise me if it didn't make the shortlist. Yeah. All right. Next yeah. up, we have Stalingrad by Vasily Grossman, translated from the Russian by Robert Chandler and Elizabeth Chandler, who are husband and wife, I believe. This is from New York Review of Books. I haven't read this, and it seems weird that it's on the list, I think, because it's a old classic Russian. I agree. I agree. I've read Life and Fates, which was bleak. Very, very bleak. So I'm not sure if I want to read this one uh, because what I've read, the two are basically a similar story, but they're told from different political viewpoints. Mm-hmm. Like his uh, political ideology changed That's under, kind of under Stalin. I think he, he became very anti-Soviet and I think, there's a lot of most of his ideology that play out between the two. That's kind of interesting. I'm not, uh, yeah, I, I won't read this one. And I was like you surprised just because age of the book, but maybe it's just to bring some, you know, bring it to light, I guess, you know, feeling like it was an under, underrepresented or underserved book during its time. Yeah. Well, I think it's the first time it's been translated into English. So that kind of probably helped get it on the list. Yeah. All right. Next up is Die, My Love by Ariana Harwitz, translated from the Spanish by Sarah Moses and Carolina Orloff. This is from Charco Press. Another one that Forget I this. this one should win. Yeah, this should be the winner. <laughs> the list is over. That's yep. the winner right there. Yeah, there's your winner. I love this book. <laughs> I, do. I do too. I. It's just a visual masterpiece. And just so raw. So emotional. I was I read on, this last year. I think it was on the international book last year, and that's how I discovered it. But yeah, I think this should win. I agree completely. Yep, I read it this year, and so far <laughs> it's the best book I've read this year. Um, and I'm going to read uh, actually Feeble Minded. I've started, which is her um, her other book, Simple. yeah, released on Charco. Yeah. But it's going to be. Yeah. I, I'll be honest. It's going to be hard to follow. <laughs> Time I love. I mean. It, it is hard to follow, but I'm, I like that she's got the free, di- like she's got a trilogy of just yeah. different, like motherhood, I think is probably the best way to, a trilogy of motherhood. Although she calls it something really weird, something, but I won't look that up. <laughs> Next we have Will and Testament by Vigdes Hoff, uh, translated by the, from New, Norwegian by Charlotte Bursman. I don't know why I got into translations. I can't pronounce people's names. <laughs> Me either. <laughs> but this I heard on the 3% podcast, I think Chad was talking about this book and how it was a literary sensation in Norway because uh, people had this idea that she was dishing dirt on the literary scene. Yeah, I remember that now. And and. I don't think I had connected that that was this book, but I remember him discussing one of those. And now that I'm reading the synopsis here, I see that that is this book. You know what? To be honest, that's the only aspect that would make me interested in reading it. You know, well, I, I talked about it. No, the fact that it was a, <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> no, the fact that it was like supposed to be a, you know, controversy or whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and that's nothing against, it's just the, the description is just not something that is drawing me in. And I, I haven't gotten along with much Norwegian fiction before. I hate to like be the person who's going to 
make such a sweeping generalization about an entire region and country because I'm sure there's awesome stuff, but I haven't personally found something that's blown me away. Yeah, I agree, but I'm sure there are. Yeah. If I and look at my list, i one, yeah. And it's Verso. I do love Verso. They always publish cool stuff. So. Yeah, I don't have enough Verso because they're too expensive to import. <laughs> Damn right. you, Verso. Next is Good Will Come From The Sea by Christos Ikonomu, translated from the Greek by Karen Emmerich, and this is from archipelago books do you know this one i I don't know too much about it i i did read the synopsis but i don't think it stuck out to me do you have you got much on this (laughs) i don't have much on it other than the publisher is reliable yeah good stuff they do good stuff um that's really all i could say about it yeah i mean i am not this is the, this is a story collection, is that right? Yes, I believe so. Yeah. So I uh, we haven't talked about that before anything, but I am not big into story collections. I I want a novel or a novella. You know, I like a self contained piece of work. Um, you know, so if something says there's story connection stories that are connected, then perhaps I'll be interested. But usually, when I order short stories, they end up on the shelf that I don't read too much, which. That's just a personal taste. I'm sure we can find exceptions to the rule. Yeah, there are. They're great short <laughs> stories. But <laughs> my first thought was, have you read Things We Lost in the Fire? No. No. Okay. It's an Argentinian book. Um, they're short story. They're like kind of like horror things, looking at the horrors women have to face in the world and uh, kind of follow that theme. And it's definitely one I'd recommend. Okay. I'll get over my ridiculous short story thing. (laughs) You don't have to like short story collections. Just know that there's some good ones out there. Yeah. yeah. You just need other people to tell you which ones to read. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Next we have Tentacle by Rita Indiana, translated from the Spanish by Aki Oges from the Dominican Republic, and this is by And Other Stories. I've read this one, and it is wild. It is really weird. And I didn't know you had read it, so this is there's three of these that I bought as soon as the list came out, and I went through it, and this is one of them. This yeah, is, like, I, I, sold, I saw that. The description sold me 100%. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is definitely a Derek read. Oh, Yeah. Queer politics, poverty, sex, colonialism, and contemporary art. I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think you'll have a kick out of it. It's a weird dystopian thing. Nice. I'll be interested to see your review of it when it comes out. (laughs) Yeah, so the new, like, I don't don't put up any reviews if I don't like a work, so you'll know if there's no review. (laughs) That'll tell tell you what you need. I'm sure you'll tell me anyway. Yeah, I'll tell you personally. All right, next we have China Dream by Ma Jin, translated from the Chinese by Flora Drew, and this is from Counterpoint. Yeah. I knew nothing about it, but I do, I am interested in, in the in Yeah, the I, I'm glad there's some Chinese literature on there because we don't get much from China. I, I don't know much about this one either, but I think it's one I definitely want to get a hold of, although getting a hold of it's going to be tricky. I think it's one that I'm going to try and track down. 
We definitely don't get much Chinese that's like contemporary politics. I'm no. looking. There's no way she can live there now, right? No, she's in. She's in England. Okay. Or yeah. sorry, he. Hey. Yeah, he. there is um, an author. I can't remember his name. Where he has to sneak out his manuscripts to Hong Kong to get published. He is a vocal critic of China's communist regime. Regime. All right. Cool. <laughs> That's probably why he's not in China. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Next, we have Parade by Haramo Kawagawa, translated from the Japanese by Alison Merkin Prowl. And this is from Soft Skull. I don't know much about this book, actually. It's been pretty everywhere here, I would say. Has it? Yeah. It, it's got a very stark, cool cover. And so I yeah. I think that cover, um, there's like a blob of red against like kind of a cream background. And that cover for some reason is just, I've seen it a lot. It's been, it's been a staff pick at two of the three bookstores that are kind of in my little indie area around where I'm at. I think I had told you last, I, I, I'm not as interested right now. doesn't mean overall, but right now in um, Japanese fiction. And I think that's just because I went on like a two year run where there was, it was too much of that in my, in my reading. So this isn't at the top of my list, but I've definitely seen it a lot. People seem to really like it. Be honest. Was it too much Haruki Murakami? I've never read. Isn't this great? I've never read him. (laughs) My wife read, my wife works with somebody who um, had recommended wind up bird or wind up that chronicles. Yep. And she read it, and so I was going to read it right afterwards, and she uh, told me, uh, listen, it's just it, it's a very sexist book, and it, you know, it's just going to be a lot of um, a male fantasy thing. I don't think you'll like it. And so uh, she saved me from that, thankfully. So no, it wasn't him, but <laughs> I'm not going to name who all it was. <laughs> I just... No, no, that's okay. Yeah, I, I, it, it just normally is Soroki Murakami that does it. it. Yeah. I, right now, there's just um, that region's literature, what's being published here is, is not as of much interest to me. Didn't you read a Japanese book recently? One of your noir books from Rifra. Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> the Thief. Yes. The Thief, yes. I've not read that one. I, but see, noir. I give noir this like carve out, right? Because it's its own kind <laughs> of. It's such its own drama, you know, or, or sorry, genre that you know it's not going to be representative of the type of literature or whatever you know that's happening in that in that country or region that's being sold to English speaking publishers. You know what I mean? Like because yeah. it seems like like we were kind of talking about with Europa Editions and Elena Ferrante. It's like there goes these like periods of trends as to what gets translated. So it doesn't mean that that country or that region, that that's all that's happening literary wise, but it means that's what's selling, you know? And so anyway, the thief is, I think it's a little bit of a, uh, an outlier because noir crime fiction kind of always is going to. Doesn't count. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That was a great book. (laughs) I think it'd be interesting to do a podcast episode about translation trends. What do we have next? Next is Death is Hard Work by Khalid Khalifa, translated from the Arabic by Larry Price, and this is FSG. 
I've read this book and I quite like it. Um, it's it like weird interconnected stories, but you know, t- um, I think the absurdity of it is really what drew that book out for me. It like really brought it up in rating because I love reading absurd, surrealist type stuff, and that's what drew me to the book. I haven't read this, but it's I'm definitely interested in it, and I'll. I'm also going to call this one and say, I think this is a shortlist title. Yeah, I hope so. I feel like it should be because, you know, maybe if we go by the numbers, we want an Arabic book to be in the shortlist. That's exactly what I was thinking. We'll play politics and, and make yep. sure we've got some Arabic literature there. That's exactly what I was thinking. That combined with uh, the timely subject matter of the book, you know, uh, I, I think that this one this one could be a short list and I'm interested in it. And, and if you're saying, you know, it's surreal as well, then it's something that I'm definitely interested in. Now this next book is interesting. It's the boy by Marcus Bolt translated from the French by Emma Ramadan and Tom Robert from restless books. I think Another, this is Tom's first translation. I've never, I think so. And another husband, or if they're not husband, wife, they're partners, you know, another yeah. team translation there. I don't know. I think they refer to themselves as husband and wife. Okay. I I could be misremembering that. But Emma Ramadava is definitely a translator I would follow. Like she's done some weird French literature stuff and they're always a joy to read. And I mean, Tom I've listened to on 3% for ages, so I'd be curious to see what this book is like. I kind of have a sense of his taste, and I think based on that it'd probably be weird. Yeah, this is an interesting one because I'm, I'm like you. I if you just gave me the synopsis, you know, which is a boy comes out of the wilderness to to be into modernity, I probably would not read it. Even though that's kind of interesting, it's just not enough for me. But I will read this because of the translators. I would follow her probably with anything. Um, her taste seems to be very very good. And then he, we just talked about my noir I got from their bookstore, Riff Raff. Um, Tom Roberge, I, I know I like his taste. He's the one who sent me The Thief and and all those others. So it's really cool to see them on this list. Yeah. The next is The Chef, a cook's novel by Marie Ninjai, translated from the French by Jordan Stump from Knopf. I got to be honest, I had never, ever heard of this. My impressions of this book is based on the people that I've seen reading it. And it, to me, felt like it was a little, like, cozy, light read type book. Okay. That's surprising. And that was just impression based on who I saw reading it. I thought, oh, it's just a light, feel-good book, but maybe it's not if it's on this list. Yeah, I mean, I don't think, well, then I'm looking down a little bit. It's not like everything is super difficult or, you know. Yeah, um, yeah I don't know. I don't have anything to, to say about this. I no. not one I'm super interested in. Yeah. Next, we've got The Memory Police by Yoko Ogawa, translated by Steven Schneider. I like Yoko Ogawa. Yep. I like this book. <laughs> you say you do or? I, I like Yoko Ogawa. I don't like this book. Yeah. Okay. So I'm the same exact way. I, I don't like it either. And it honestly, it feels um, like transgressive or something at this point to say that because this book is very popular. Yeah. I, I like that she's getting some, getting some following. This was one of her first books she ever wrote. I didn't know that. Okay. 
And so if you read it as maybe the first one you ever read of hers, then at least you know you can see her growth as a writer with some of her later books. Yeah, I'm looking through. I didn't realize that's a, that's a really interesting way to think of it. And it makes me, it, it kind of makes more sense, it, it, you know, as you, because there's a lot more depth to her other work. This, yeah. this feels like a, a pretty cool concept that is not very fleshed out to me. No, uh, it didn't really pay off. But I think it is kind of suited for the time with this idea of memory and the idea of like dystopian world we're living in. Yes. Next up is A Dream Come True by Juan Carlos Onetti, translated from the Spanish by Catherine Silver. And this is the second one of Archipelago's books on here. So um, I really, really liked this blurb, even though it's stories. Look at that. (laughs) (laughs) So this is all of the interconnected stories like the other one. I think they're both interconnected stories. Yeah, this is like all of his collected stories too. Have you read yeah. anything by him? No, I haven't. Me either. I probably should. <laughs> it seems like an author I need to check out, but I've, I've not read him before. No. Next we have 77 by... Palermo? Pesimo, translated from the Spanish by Andre Labanger from Open Ladder Books. I did get worried that Open Ladder didn't have a book on the list yeah and then i remembered that 77 was on the list <laughs> i was a little surprised that rodrigo frisans didn't make it on this list the the dreamed yeah. part because the invented part the first in the series won this prize one year um you know the dreamed part comes out right in the right time frame you know but um i think because it is the second book they probably left it off I'd be shocked if there's 24 of these books better than that book on this list. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't read it, but 77 is pretty good. I, I well, that was the it. second one. That was the second one that I bought. Yeah. Where I said there was three that <laughs> as soon as I read, yeah. I bought. Now I have Giselle Dome here. Um, one of his other books. So I've never read anything by him and I, and, I, and I need to, I'm pretty excited about this one. And I think it was Agnes from beyond the epilogue that mentioned it's a nice companion to space invaders because it's kind of dealing with the same time period politically. Yeah. Yeah. This one's got more of the politics. This is more about the upheaval of dictatorship and try to hide your true self to protect yourself kind of thing. Yeah which is fascinating because I love Soviet literature for that kind of exploration into trying to survive. So this kind of worked in a similar way. Awesome. All right, next we have Beyond Babylon by Igiaba Skego. Damn, I'm not good at that. Translated from the Italian by Aaron Robertson, and that's from Two Lines Press. Yeah, I, I keep seeing this book everywhere, but I don't know much about it. Like, the cover just pops up all the time. I haven't looked into the synopsis or anything. I normally don't look at synopsis, but yeah, I'm, not, I'm not sure about this one. Yeah, I'm not I'm not interested in this one, same as you, where I've seen this one come up a lot. It seems like I'm saying that too much for a prize that I said I love and follow, but I love Two Lines Press. Um, we even like books. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, yeah, Two Lines are great. 
Yeah, I, I, the people that I've seen reading this are not, or uh, you know, in discussing it are not um, so far at least uh, folks whose tastes uh, line up with mine. Typically, yeah. Was that the most like? Wow, that was really diplomatic. That's really diplomatic. <laughs> but maybe that will change. And yeah, I will. Read, I will say I'll read the, the entire shortlist of this. So w- once the shortlist comes out, I will read that. So some of those decisions will be forced upon me. I think. So, I think yeah. so far we've said "Die My Love," "Space Invaders." Uh, Vernon Subutex, and then I think the other one, Death is Hard Work, I think. Those are the ones that I'm kind of yeah. getting at that point. I'd like to see the wind that lays waste, but I'm not sure if it will. I was surprised. I would too, but I was surprised enough to see it on the long list that I, I'd i be very surprised short list. But. All right, what's next? There is another book down further that probably will be on the short list. Oh, I don't think it will be, but we'll talk about that one in a moment. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next we've got Lavra by Burhan Sonez, translated from the Turkish by Umut Hassan from other press. I do not know much about this one either. Have you looked at this one? I have looked at it. I am pretty interested in it. It's got a musical component. I mean, the first sentence, I know you don't like synopsis, but just the first sentence is a blues singer attempts suicide by jumping off the Bosphorus Bridge but opens his eyes in the hospital. So, you know, it's, it's a book apparently about memory and obviously about, you know, depression, death. These are all subjects that I'm, you know, enamored with. Based on that line, all I can think of is the day of the Triffids. Yeah. Where he wakes (laughs) up in the hospital. (laughs) So I hope there's Triffids in it. Did you read the hospital uh, from a few years ago? It came out. Um, no, I, I wanted to read that one, but I had a hard time trying to find it. Weird, weird fever dream one, but um, very cool. Anyway, so I, I actually am pretty interested in this one based on that. And and this is a good example since, you know, I was just saying how many I wasn't interested in. This is a good example of why I like the list, you know, because this is one I don't think I would have come across, even though, I mean, I know other press and I like I like them. There's just so many books, even even in this small yeah. world of translation, you know, that things yeah. just like pass you by, you know. Did you order this one? I didn't order this one because my TBR is so big. I actually had to look. I was looking back while you were talking a minute ago. The, uh, the third one I ordered was Good Will Come From The Sea. So I ordered a collection of stories. All right. Uh, so maybe I'm trying to change. <laughs> That'll collect dust. <laughs> Now I'm going to make it my first one that I read just because you said that. <laughs> oh, good. You're up. Oh, I'm up. Yes. Drive Your Plow Over the Bones of the Dead by Olga Tokarczyk, translated from the Polish by Antonio Lloyd-Jones from Riverhead. You you said in your video you don't like Tokarczyk. I do not. Why not? What is wrong with you? I don't, <laughs> I, I don't like the writing. I, I don't, I mean, it's just never... And I think, I, as I said in my video, like I love her politics. I love her as a person. She seems incredible. But I didn't like flights. And and that book, you know, I I know this happens sometimes with people. Perhaps it was the hype, you know, behind it. Where had I not seen so much momentum and heard so much momentum before, maybe I would have had a different experience reading it. But when I read it, I read it before she won the Nobel Prize, but but certainly after it won the Booker. Was it the Booker that it won? Yeah, it won okay. the Booker. I th- okay, because I thought it won another one too. But anyway, it was it was a huge book that year, 
And um, I just didn't enjoy it. The, the writing never grabbed me. I finished it because I never don't finish, um, which is a crazy OCD habit, but I didn't really like it. So I'm not very interested in, in, in drive your plow over the bones of the dead either. I just don't feel like that. I don't feel like her style is, is something that is that I'm going to probably like or come around to. So did you like, I like flights? <laughs> I like flights. You did? Okay. Uh, this book is very different. I think this book is probably, for me, a little too plot heavy. So it, it is a very different book to flights. It's more like it has a noirish type feel to it, but it is very plot heavy and I'm not big on plot. So I, I definitely prefer flights over this one. So was this the one that you were going to say you think is a short list? Yeah, I thought it might be. I, I See, and the reason I don't is because I do think that this award would almost be contrarian enough to not put the person who just won the Nobel Prize on the short list. Do you know what I mean? Oh, like, Or to put someone that's won the booker on the short list. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Like, I wasn't surprised to see it on the long list, you know, but... I do think that this prize tries to um, prop up writers and and books that are a little less known. And everyone at this point who is interested in something like this, you know, knows Elvis Takarczyk. So yeah, we're finally at our last one. Yeah, Territory of Lights by Yoko Tsushima, translated by Joel Dean Harcourt, and this is from FSG. This book seems strange to me on the long list too. I feel like this is an older book as well, but I might be wrong. If it's not, it's a book that I've definitely seen for a while. Yeah. You know, so the the only thing that I thought was interesting about this book was that it was how it was published. So it was originally published in 12 parts in a Japanese journal between 1978 and 1979. And each chapter like marked the months in real time. That's really cool. It would have been 1979. Yeah, that's why it felt old. I've, I've read this one and it does feel a bit old. That's why I like, I kind of associate it with Penguin Classics. I think brought it out, this book out as one point as well. Okay. So in my head, that that's the cover that I think of when I think of this book. As you know, those white covers. Yep. yep. Yeah, so that's yeah, why I was surprised to see it. This, yeah, it's a weird choice. This, this, and and well, but see, Stalingrad. You said this is the that was the first English translation. Yeah. So this one is almost kind of even stranger, right? Because it's just a new translation. I I I'm not sure. I haven't looked too much into it, but I think maybe FSG published it in the UK in the US recently, and I'm not sure if the Penguin Classic was a UK published version of it or not. Okay. But I, I remember seeing the FSG edition of this book all over Instagram Absolutely. about a year ago. Yep. It's a very Instagram cover. It's very know? bright colors. <laughs> I love I love that description. That is so it, – it, it's so true that there's those uh, – what, actually, the Enlightenment of the Green Gauge Tree right now is like the Instagram book that I see everywhere because it's got that popping green. And yeah. so you're going to see that um, on a beautiful Devay cover 
next to a little tray with like the most perfectly done latte, you know, ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like that's the Instagram bookstagram content, you know, I'm not hating on it. I'm just saying it's a, there's a style. <laughs> it sounds like you've tried to recreate this. <laughs> yeah, I am. I want to become an, a, a bookstagrammer, although I'm a terrible photographer. Out of all those books, do you have a winner? It's Die My Love, isn't it? Die My Love. Yeah. yeah. I don't think we need to go through the poetry because I don't know if we've got anything to say. <laughs> I don't know. And I, you know, I'm sorry. And there's great content creators that are good with poetry, um, but it's just not mine. I struggle with poetry. I need to read more translated poetry, I think, but I just struggle in general with poetry. I'll read the romantics. But that was about it because I'm an emo boy. Yeah. I don't read poetry, then, you know, <laughs> very much at all. So, all right. Well, I think that wraps it up. I'll leave your links to social media, your YouTube and Twitter in the description so people can follow you. But you will be back for another discussion about a book, but I'm not going to tell them what it is. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, I really appreciate being being on. This is uh, – I remember when I first found your podcast newsletter channel and uh, I felt like I had found a, a creative soul that I absolutely wanted to follow and see what they were reading and doing because uh, you have an awesome taste and you work real hard to, to shine a light on this stuff. So it's an honor. I'll have you back because you sucked up well. <laughs> <laughs> Good. <laughs> Yeah, the email you sent me of what to say worked out well. Yeah, excellent. All right, catch ya. All right, later. If you want to support Lost in Translations, please go to patreon.com forward slash translations pod and all money there will help support the show. And please remember to subscribe. And while subscribing, please rate the show. This will help others find the podcast. All our links to social media are in the show notes and you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook and Let's See under Translations Pod. Thank you for listening. This podcast was recorded on the lands of the Walgarukaba and Bindal people. We acknowledge their ownership of this land and all the traditional owners in Australia and acknowledge their care of the land. This is a Macaulay Flower production. <laughs>